Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lin, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we're going to be making predictions for healthcare IT in 2023. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 17 years of health IT blog content at healthcareitoday.com. So uh, what's your prediction for me in 2023, Colin? I definitely see ice cream and cheesecake in your future. <laughs> I see a lot more uh, action figures and uh, collectibles from the sci-fi in your future. <laughs> yes. See, those are those are like safe predictions for me. <laughs> That's not a prediction. That's just called life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, we're we're getting towards the end of 2023 here. We're both in the sort of festive mode. I've got my sort of festive setup nice. back here. I got. You know, I should tell you. You know, I like the they're really festive, and for those that are on the camera, I can see I'm I'm actually turning over this uh, snow globe here, this massive snow globe. So nice. There we is go. Is that a bird in there? That What's... is a bird. It's a cardinal. Oh, nice. nice cardinal. Very festive. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. All right. Well, people need to check out the show. Uh, I guess on video now, and audio, and healthcare now radio, and you know, syndicated everywhere. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So, John, let's dive in and talk about some predictions. What do you think is going to be the big topic in 2023 outside, of course, of workforce and revenue issues? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we know workforce and revenue are going to be the hot topics. We've talked about that a lot and it will continue. So outside of that, I am really excited by automation and AI. And I, I don't think it's going to be the stuff we've seen in 2022. Like, certainly we've seen some automation in the RCM space and then, you know, even faxes and automating it with NLP, et cetera. I think we're going to see some next level stuff, you know, especially on the clinical side. I think it's going to start to leak into the clinical side where it's going to help doctors with burnout. So it's going to be new interfaces that use AI to be able to bubble up the right information at the right point in time for the doctor that's needed in that moment. So I think that's going to be one example that is going to automate that experience and help with this flood of information that doctors are facing and helping them be more efficient, more effective, and obviously provide better care. I like it. Actually, I, I totally agree with you there. And I would love to see more practical uses of AI, which we've seen the trend at the shows we've been to and the people we've talked spoken to. So I love it. I think that's going to be a good one next year. Uh, for me, I'm going to go the opposite of you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go and, uh, with a negative story I think we're going to be talking about next year. I think, unfortunately, we're going to be talking a lot about supply chain and supply chain oh, strategies yeah. next year because of not only the technology crunch, but also the medication crunch. And so I think a lot of uh, a lot of what we're going to be talking about in IT are going to be around how are we going to implement new technologies to help manage inventory levels and get a handle on what we have and don't have within our systems and elsewhere, you know, between hospitals even, right? 
And before it would be unheard of to trade something from one facility to another because there was just enough for everybody, mm -hmm. right? But I, now I think there's going to have to be some strategies to say, okay, if there's a shortage in hospital A, but hospital C has some, how can I get some from C to A, right? Or how do I ration between the two? And do I get into some capacity planning and better capacity planning, right? To predict my supply levels. I think, unfortunately, we're going to be talking about that in 2023. Did, did you just predict automation and AI for supply chain? So you're still in my prediction is <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. Like I was talking to a supply chain gentleman at the HCP conference and talking about like, what are they experiencing? He told me this amazing story about, you know, working with one of their supply vendors and the vendors like, I just literally don't have that supply. I'm sorry. And they were pulling, and I guess it's a, appropriate that it's festive season. He pulled a Macy's, right? And he said, hey, but you should go to this supplier. They have one that's roughly equivalent. And, and the guy's like, yeah, it's not the one we prefer. We prefer the one from that vendor. But that vendor wanted to maintain the relationship enough that they said, hey, go to our competitor and buy it because we know you need this product. So I was like, wow, that's kind of mind-blowing, right? In some degree, like, okay. But, you know, he actually appreciated that. And he it endeared him to that that supply chain vendor. And once that's back, it is their preferred, uh, you know, vendor. And so he, he'll probably go back. But, you know, the, I think we're going to have a lot of stories like that where at some point you're just like, I just need the supply regardless of where it's from. Um you know, I had a personal one too with my kids. Uh, you know, the doctor prescribed some cold medication for my kids. And they're like, by the way, Smith doesn't have it. You you might need to go to multiple Walgreens and CVS to even find it because there's supply chain issues there. So yeah, uh, supply chain is going to plague us in 2023. Yeah. And, and I think it extends a little bit even further than that, John. Like I'm getting, I think, you know, costs are going to go up, right? Just in, you know, when scarcity happens, costs go up. So I'm, I'm wondering how or if some organizations will start baking that into the selections within the EHR, right? Mm -hmm. To say, hey, listen, don't choose this one because that's like out of supply or like super expensive. You might want to choose this one, right? I'm not talking about medications. I'm just talking about supply, like, like just, just things that you're ordering and things like that. I think I, I don't, again, I don't, I haven't heard of these kinds of features and functions baked into the, you know, ERP. ERPs or EHRs, but I'm wondering, given the scarcity and the supply chain problems, if those will now start to appear in those systems. Yeah, the EHRs have started to do some pricing. So we've seen a little bit of that, but that's a different angle, like saying, hey, don't select this because we're running out. It actually reminds me of my car when it needed the computer replaced. The supplier for that you know, computer for my car actually put a hold on it and said, do you really need it? <laughs> you know, like, and so they required like extra documentation to prove it, which I'm sure doctors love. It probably reminds them of prior auth, right? But, <laughs> but in many ways, if you have a restricted supply, then you need to, you know, be thoughtful in how you use it. So I could see similar types of holds, if you will, on the medication by the pharmacy or whatever it might be to be like, hey, let's make sure we're using this on the people that really need it. And there's not another alternative that may work just as well and leave the one that's specific to a, you know, a certain condition for someone else. Well, let's move to something a little more positive, John. What patient needs do you think will be met or significantly improved in 2023? Yeah, so I'm really excited about virtual scheduling. And many practices saying, finally, 
oh yeah, we can do this. <laughs> but I'll also throw in virtual payments, which I think are correlated often. If you roll out scheduling, you often can roll out payments because now they're you have their email and the connection, et cetera. And then I'm also going to throw in this, you know, it's all virtual for me. Uh, yeah, that's the beauty of you know, what patients are going to get scheduling payments, but I also throw in virtual messaging. And I think patients may end up having to pay for it. We're seeing that. I think it was at Cleveland Clinic and I think another organization that said, hey, you, we're going to do these messages with your doctor, but we're going to charge you a fee to be able to do it because the doctor's time is important. Now it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a a, a mess at the beginning because you're like, wait, so should you be charging me for a refill or should you be charging me for a question that you didn't answer in the visit? Like there's going to be a lot of nuance where they're like, okay, when do we charge and when do we not charge? But it's going to be great because now patients will have an option to virtually message their provider. And that's going to be a powerful thing, whether the patient has to pay for it or their insurance is going to pay for it, the employer. I, I think that the, we're going to see this, you know, and we've seen an explosion of messaging, but now as they start charging for it, you know, the, the, that's going to change the messaging coming from the healthcare organization to say, hey, maybe we do want to push this now that we can make money from it. I'm sort of cheating, but uh, related to what you just said, I, I agree, by the way, I think the um, remote scheduling or, or online scheduling is just going to balloon even more in 2023. I think you know, my prediction is it's the whole sort of uh, front end part, like whether it's check-in, uh, provider matching, I think all of that is going to get much, much better mm. uh, across the board. Mostly because we have such a revenue challenge, right? And I think as people are challenged with revenue, they're going to try to figure out different ways to engage patients better at that front end, make sure they capture them and make sure that that ability to book that appointment is smooth and they have all the information they need to, to make a good decision. So whether that's price transparency or information about the provider, I think all of that's going to get a lot of attention from healthcare organizations and therefore that's going to get better for patients. Um, wow. I would actually go the other way. I actually think it's going to get worse. I think <laughs> okay. that that's, we're going to have more info and we're going to have more options, but that's going to make the process for the patient actually worse for them because now, you know, we're already confused at where we should go and what's the best place and what's the right price and what insurance will cover. Should I just private pay, blah, 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 you know, like et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's going to just get worse. So uh, I'm on the other side of that one then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think on I think on the other side too. I think unfortunately, what we're not going to get uh, again in 2023 is I don't think uh, we're going to get markedly better on the interoperability side, uh, even with the Cures Act and and the ability now to get certain information right away. I just don't see a lot of um, news being made in 2023 around the inter interoperability front. Um, I think we'll make progress. I just don't think it'll be you know like game changing for patients, unfortunately. I guess you don't trust information blocking. <laughs> <laughs> I trust that people will comply with that. I just don't know if that's going to make a difference for patients. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. What other ones, John, do you think are going to uh, help with patient needs uh, in 2023? Yeah, I mean, I think, the you know, as I look at patient needs, it's like, what does the patient really need? <laughs> you know, and, and I think part of it is going to be just transparency into what they're paying. Uh, and I think we should, we could see a, a, you know some benefit there, especially with all the high deductible plans. 
right? And and all those things that are happening that, uh, you know, I think there's going to be more education and better tooling for the patient to be able to understand, is this really a bill or is this an EOB? And is this a, you know, is this my payment or is the insurance pay? Like, so I think we're going to see some improvement there that's going to help patients. I I can't argue with you on that one. <laughs> I also think, I also hope that we're going to hear a lot more around uh, security for patient data. It's not quite the patient information, but I think because of all the breaches and things that we've been having, I'm hoping that we hear more good stories about uh, good stewardship of uh, that kind of information in 2023. I'm disagreeing with you a lot, but I think that's going to get worse. I think we're going to see a lot of people selling <laughs> okay. a lot more data in 2023. <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be fun to look back at 2023 and go, okay, who is right, you or me? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the wild west for data right now. And I don't think that's changing. Maybe some like legislation at the end of the year that could, you know, do something, but uh, I think it's still the wild, wild west, but we'll see. <laughs> hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to healthcare IT today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. Today, we are talking about predictions for health care IT in 2023. So we're looking into our crystal ball today. So John, let's get to some more fun stuff. What companies do you think will surprise us with something cool or innovative in 2023? Yeah, so I actually created it in four categories. So I'll throw two categories for you on this one, and then you can do you know, a few of yours. But I'd say the First two are actually platforms, the, the platform vendors that are putting together this package of one-stop shop for a certain category. So one is the RCM vendors. So companies like FinThrive and Coral Health and Change Healthcare, Waystar, like the, these companies that are, you know, and, and many times rolling up other companies and, you know, products and services into one package. And I think we're going to see something really cool and innovative at the confluence of NLP and technology and understanding of billing and coders and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to say, like, provide something that's really cool and innovative that we wouldn't have been able to understand if all you did was, you know, specific medical coding or if all you did was, you know, small balances or, if, you know, whatever, right? right? So I think we're going to see like some some interesting confluence of all those technologies and people and understanding of the billing process to be able to, you know, streamline some revenue processes for people. Then the second one there is security. I think there's two companies that really stand out for me here, which is CrowdStrike and Fortinet. And when you look at the the platforms that they've built, you know, as far as the number of security solutions that they can offer an organization all in one, so you don't have 10 different security vendors, one for your edge and one for your devices and one for your, your email and one for you know, like whatever, right? Like it's all going to be packaged in one, one solution and one vendor. And I think people similar to how we did with the HRs, we're going to have the same benefit with, you know, CrowdStrike, the Fortinets that can offer that one-stop shop, uh, really a nice solution that's integrated that helps the CISOs be able to save time and be able to address the, you know, one of the most challenging problems in healthcare security. So, so John, I would just, I totally agree with you. And I would just add a Novalon to that platform set that you mentioned off the top. I think they're doing some amazing things and some really, truly innovative things in 2023 around their platform as well in the RCM space. Uh, and on the security side, I would add companies like a NetScout uh, to that list that are doing some really cool things there too. But I totally agree. 
I, I'm going to add a category that um, may surprise you a little bit, okay. uh, and that is uh, I am putting the EHR vendors into the companies that will surprise uh, in 2023, mostly because I think the bar is pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> like I think we we just haven't heard from them in a while. We've we've kind of let's be honest, we've we've kind of bashed them for the last little bit. Like they've just sort of been there, right? I think though that a lot of them have made some very strategic acquisitions and have made some significant improvements in their products. And I think they're actually going to surprise us in 2023 with some even better announcements and and even more improvements. A lot of them have been focused, obviously, in 2022 on making sure that they can comply with the 21st Century Cures Act. But I think along the way, and just talking with a lot of these vendors uh, more recently, I'm getting pretty excited by some of the enhancements that are coming down the pipe from companies like Greenway and Athena and eClinical Works, Elation, and, and even some of the larger ones like you know the Cerners and Epics of the world. So I'm looking to that category for some interesting and surprising stories in 23. It's interesting you say that because my next category was AI and I have Oracle Cerner in that category. I just really want to see what Oracle could do with Cerner's data. And I'm hopeful that they'll provide some really innovative, cool, interesting things that, you know, because they have all that expertise built in and house in Oracle that they can provide to them. So that's an exciting area. But in the AI category, I'd also throw in H2O.AI. I think Hmm. they they're on that cutting edge and the number of AI professionals they have at their organization that can really solve the complex problems of healthcare, not just the simple, you know, RPA, you know, right. you know, robotic process automation stuff. They they can they can go after something that's much more uh, difficult. Maybe that supports my other uh, <laughs> other prediction around AI. You know, and hopefully they'll they'll deliver for me on two categories in this case. And I also love a you know, there's some niche companies that are really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I I'm thinking of Ellipsis Health, for example, that takes the AI on top of your voice to understand. You know, how are you doing anxiety? depression, et cetera. So I think there's a lot of niche companies that are going to do really interesting things with AI that are going to be fun to see. And and it's going to kind of bear fruit in 2023 where it becomes kind of mainstream to use them. The other one I'll throw out there, which is a sexy technology, I think, you know, that uh, I think is maturing in a really interesting way. And that's the VR companies. Uh, we, there's a recent announcement of Behave VR uh, merging with Oxford VR, which I think their go to go forward is as be, Behave VR. But the combination of those resources, it makes sense for them not to compete. It makes sense for them to share and and to grow that that uh, place. And so I'm interested to see what do they do in regards to pain, in regards to birthing, and you know, et cetera. And then I'll, I'll throw in also VR on the education side of things and training doctors. You know. We we need as many doctors trained to be able to do stuff as possible. And if also VR can be integrated to help train these, uh, these professionals to do it more effectively, you know, that's going to be valuable in a value-based care world as well. And so it will, they'll also VR takes a really interesting repetition approach using VR doesn't replace the cadavers and the live, you know, et cetera, surgeries that are needed as well, but it augments it in a way that I think is really powerful and is going to change the mindset of how we educate physicians and surgeons. Yeah, I, I definitely saw that at the recent RSNA conference that I went to. Right, there was a there was a lot of uh, simulation type technologies there, and 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 using that we're using AR and VR. 
Um, surprisingly, I, I do think that um, 3D printing has gotten so much mm. cheaper that uh, now the need for VR is a little bit less because now I can just print it and, and now I can have something physical to actually you know, uh, use, uh, and, and it's more tactile, right? So, um, but I think that whole simulation market uh, that you're talking about here for education and for, uh, trialing and looking at surgeries beforehand, I think is going to be, uh, definitely some very interesting things coming out in 2023. I, I would just add one last category for me. You know, the category for me that's, it's truly interesting and that's going to be truly surprising next year is, uh, in the data space. Um, I think companies like Clarify Health, um, hmm. uh, LexisNexis, TrueVeta, um, and even a company like uh, Esri, right, that does the geospatial uh, uh, information systems. I think these vendors are really going to add a new layer of context to health data. And essentially, all these organizations are gathering up large amounts of data, but adding and layering in other other sources of information, whether that's, you know, uh, uh, propensity to purchase certain items kind of information, uh, what kind of credit card you have, you know, all that kind of stuff in order to predict, um, you know, propensity to pay, but also what what services that you might likely need from, uh, a, from a provider organization. So these are some very interesting ways to use health data outside of the traditional clinical uh, use or maybe to enhance the clinical use that I'm excited about in 23. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right on the 3D printing. When I was in Israel and Tel Aviv, I went to the Swarovski Innovation area and I saw some of the 3D printing they're doing. It's amazing the creative ways. Like they'd always 3D printed so you could see, oh, that's where the tumor is. But now they're actually using it to to actually, you know, put so the tools go to the right place and they mount and they drill in the right place, et cetera. Like then they're working on meshes to help the bone regrow. And uh, yeah, it's it's incredible what they're doing. It is incredible. Last question, John, and our predictions uh, here, what company mergers and acquisitions could you see happening next year? Uh, I think they're done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no more, M- no more M&A, nothing. nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of cash still out there. And so I think, and, and I think they're going to, we've gone through a period where maybe prices were falling and so the people didn't want to sell. But then once it, you know we reach that homeostasis, they may say, well, we got to sell. So I think there's going to be some interesting opportunities, but I'll throw two out there that I, you know, these are a bit out there, but uh, you know, I think it would be really interesting like I'd love to see GE Healthcare get back into the health IT area. And I think a place that could be really interesting for them is, you know, buying off some of 3M, especially the pieces like Modal, so they could go compete with Nuance and what they're doing with radiology imaging and things like that. Like, I think that would be a really interesting acquisition play for them. You know, I'm not sure 3M is ready to give it up, but, you know, and GE would certainly anger Nuance now at Microsoft, but I think it would be a really interesting opportunity for them to apply it to radiology and also other places. And they have some of the skills to be able to do that. So that would be my first one. Oh, that's a good one. That's a pretty good one. I hadn't really thought about, uh, you know, a giant like a 3M kind of divesting um, to another giant uh, that maybe got out of this space, but maybe wants to get back in in a very much more narrow way than perhaps they were in before with GE Healthcare. That's a good one. Uh, For me, I am looking similar space. I, I'm looking to point click care actually as a company that's going to make some MA uh, movement in 2023. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, although it's unlikely, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe went after a traditional EHR vendor in the ambulatory space. 
Um, I think they, you know, if they decide maybe they want to look at uh, someone like an ECW or or someone of that nature, I mean, it, to me, it's a perfect compliment, right? Like they've tradition, they are they've owned the space in home care and uh, and um, uh, senior care and and skilled nursing facilities, and you know, for for years now, they've been making a push more into traditional upstream healthcare, and I think that would make a natural acquisition for wow. them. Yeah, if they have enough cash, that would be interesting. Athena Health would be another interesting one, right? Uh, on the ambulatory side, the, those combined entities would 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 provide some really interesting opportunity for them. Uh, you know, the other one I was thinking of was uh, I, I could see someone like an FDB or a uh, Wallers Kluwer, which I always you know <laughs> pronounce that wrong, but you know, someone like those organizations going after, say, someone like Doctor First. It makes sense for them to, you know, they're doing all the clinical decision support. They're doing the add-ons to so many EHRs and adding on the prescription stuff from Dr. First and now the telehealth, et cetera, could be a really interesting opportunity. You know, I'm not sure where Dr. First is fully at, but, you know, their their founders getting older. I think there's some interesting opportunities there that, you know, and they've had some private equity investment. So, you know, maybe there's some opportunity there. Obviously, FDB launched the their own <laughs> e-prescribing. So that would give them new opportunities there as well. So I think those combined uh, organizations would be really fascinating. I can't disagree. I think that would be pretty fascinating to, to watch um, or to look for. I'm going to go with a fun one. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's just fun to think about. Um, my uh, <laughs> the company and, and uh, merger and acquisition I would love to see in 2023 would be, you know, is health going to buy Chime, right? Or, or is <laughs> is uh, is health going to pick take up uh, another another conference and merge it into their own and sort of uh, make it their own? Uh, that would be fun to see. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it may be troublesome because it's nonprofit profit. That, uh, to your point, sure. uh, but yeah, they could go after maybe a Frontiers Healthcare in Europe and, and go after more of the international market. Uh, it's not really their mo. They like to build their own stuff, but internationally, it could be interesting. Or you know, maybe maybe even more interesting is would that partnership of Chime and and Health go international together the way Chime was trying to do with Hims and go after more of the international space? That could be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, I just, you know, I think in general, whether it's health or someone else, I think it would be interesting to see if there's some M&A activity happening on the conference side of the, of the house, right? Or the association side. Are you saying there's side. too many conferences, Colin? No, I'm saying there's not enough because we need to go to more of them. No, but but I think you know it's just it's fun to think about because it it's sort of the ancillary part of our industry, right? The the, the associations and the and the uh, conferences. And I wonder if if we're going to see maybe some some getting together. Um, so maybe not maybe not so much merger, but like Health and China got together and run a run a uh, an event that's uh, both of them. I wonder if other people will now try to collaborate. Well. John, that brings us to the end of another episode and the uh, end of this one for 2022. This has been great. Uh, thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find more information and more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on social media using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.